I'll challenge your listeners, like, like, because I, I challenge people when I talk to them about this, is like, are you actually taking advantage of the lifestyle that you got into business for in the first place? Well, I mean, so you prioritize on like the, the system and processes. That's what you say your strongest point is. What mm-hmm. are some of those systems that you put in place to get to where you are now? And what are you seeing that you can change to get to these new locations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, it's a, a couple of things. Number one is software. Our whole company is digital. Uh, it's been that way since very early on, even in our last company, uh, we use uh, Dropbox for all of our files. So when you come into our office, there's no filing cabinets anywhere. There's, you're not going to find a bunch of paperwork all over the place. Everything is digital. Everything gets scanned, put into our you know, digital filing system, and it, and it works that way. So it all has a process and a system that it comes in, comes in like the filing cabinet, goes to the departments it needs to, goes to finance, ends up in the customer's folder, just as it would in the real world. Yeah. And that allows us to be anywhere. I can be you know, halfway across the world. And I can look up anything I want. I can pull up a receipt. I can look at a contract, things of that nature. The second part to that is software. So we use a project management software. We have a CRM um, that allows us, again, to be anywhere, to do anything from anywhere. Uh, we, When we traveled a lot as missionaries before with our last business, I was out of country and I was running the back end of the business. So I had to say, how can I do these things without being present? What can I put in place with my employees, with him to be able to do those things from anywhere? So really thinking about your business from like the aspect of like, if I couldn't be physically in the office, how am I going to get that information? How am I going to do that? Which is kind of weird with construction because I call it the like glass digital dinosaur so many people are still pen and paper, and it's even oh, yeah. hard when we hire people. We have to ask them, like, "Hey, how are you in technology? Like, you what have kind a of smartphone? Right? No, <laughs> seriously, like, what kind of phone are you yeah. using? Yeah. I get a lot of guys with those throwaways still. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I gotta send you pictures. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. have enough data for that. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, a project manager is coming in, and I'm like, "Hey, you're gonna be in a project management software," and they're like, "No, I prefer pen and paper." And we're like, "No, not anymore. Give me your pen and paper. You can't use it. You know, you." can have an ipad you can have a remarkable you but you've got to be digital um so that's a huge way that we we're able to expand we're able to create the team that we have uh the second way is that i make people document their jobs so over the last six years inside of what we do every time i hire someone and i train them i make them document that training process every time we add a new position they document that uh, everything that they're going to do in that position, they they make uh, flowcharts. Flow charts. They make flowcharts of how to use softwares and systems and process. So that way, if something happens, if that person doesn't work out, guess what? There's a handbook for them. There's a right. handbook for that position. Essentially, Chris, Absolutely. you can sit down and teach someone how to do whatever job is you hired them for, right? For sure. But, it's, but the next time you have to hire that position, you're going to have to reteach someone. So instead of oh, doing yeah. that... Amy has created this, you know, wonderful scenario where she just said, I'm going to teach you. You're going to document it. You're going to be my scribe through this process. Yeah. Now we have a process, right? That's awesome. so, so, And it allows them to learn in different ways, right? They're learning sure. hands-on. They're learning, reading, writing it, you know, all of that. And then they have to prove the system. So once they've done that, then I say, okay, let's say it's, you know, entering a new contract. Okay, here's the contract. Run through your system. Where do you get stuck? 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, I got stuck here. Yeah, because you're missing this piece. Oh, shoot, I forgot that. And then what happens when I hire the next person for that position? They, they go through it me. and they edit it for any changes because software changes, verbiage changes. Yeah. They edit it for any changes and we update it. Um, it also allows us to be, be duplicatable, right? So now if I go into another uh, uh, location, I take those same systems and processes and they do it. And my person at location A and my person at location B, they're going to do things the same. So that way, if A ever has to cover for B or whatever it may be, um, they can do it because it's the same system. That's awesome. Man. And I think I think people get uh, bogged down with systems and processes like it's just a big, complicated thing. Right. It literally boils down to just at, at its basic core. It's just documenting something so that someone else can come back and understand it and do it. Right. So something simple mm -hmm. as we've been scaling the business, we're, we're having to add a lot of cell phones. Right. Well, well, we constantly have people. Well, how do I set up my email on my cell phone? need a system for that, right? Yeah. So you're just documenting, like these are the steps to set up your email on your phone, like as basic as it can be. Um, meetings, right? Meetings need to have a system, right? Some companies will meeting you to death, right? But is there actual system for your meeting? So we actually have a structure. This is how our meetings run. The first thing we do is this. The second thing we do is this. The third thing we do is this. And everybody has the same meeting. So your team is looking for consistency and that's the most duplicatable thing, uh, which is the most scalable thing. For sure. You know, so uh, I think uh, Hermosi says, uh, you know, simple scales, fancy fails, right? Absolutely. And so like, how do you, how do you set up your email on your phone? Like that's a simple system that most companies should have. Now, are there more complicated things? Sure. Yeah. But like, essentially if you're doing it for those small basic yeah. tasks yeah. you're going to get it for the bigger tasks right. and then eventually right. build a better system for it yeah. and i'll yeah. have people ask me they're like oh so what do you have it in do you have some big learning management software system you're using or this or that there's a bunch of different softwares and i'm like no i have it in word and excel yeah, yeah. like we that because we'll get there, we'll we get get there. there like the yeah. next evolution is to take all of that and have it in a great grandiose learning management system but you don't need to be you just need to start somewhere and word and excel is a great place to start Absolutely. so it's, it's just progress, a matter of just having corporate it. videos you don't need all yeah. that yeah. no Oh, you don't need a Send video a series. Saying, hey, welcome aboard. Yeah. This is how you get into your email. Here's your password. Those and are nice. <coughs> yeah. I think I think the main point is like starting. Start. Just go yeah. ahead and start. Right. Yes. Done. Because when I look when I first started, I looked at system and processes like like a dinosaur, like you said. Like holy smokes, like this has got to be complicated. Like I got to be super detailed and granular on everything I do. And then I was like, finally, I just like had an epiphany. I was like, it just needs to be simple. Right. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect. How do you answer? No. Just start it. And what then you can say? make tweaks as you go. Version one version is going to beat version none. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, and you're right. Cause that does lack. Uh, one thing when I first started doing contract work, I thought like, man, I could just make a business on showing these old heads how to like manage their business and we'll just manage it for them and right. just make money off. Yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, this is kind of crazy. Cause like all these guys are using pen and paper and, they do. and like they lose half of it. They're not getting estimates back for three weeks, you know? And it's like, and I've fallen into that and I've seen why that happens as a business, but then like you change it. How do I, how can I fix it? How can I do better than that? The, that contractor's not showing up. How do we make sure we show up? So it's, it's kind of cool to see that, like how you yeah. can make those changes. Right, right. I mean, yeah. it's it's amazing to see that, like how construction work is one of the biggest industries, but it is yeah. so far it's behind. The because right. a tradesperson, and we've talked about this before, is a tradesperson really has difficulty stepping outside of that and becoming a business person. Like right, yeah. right, exactly. And that, that's the biggest thing. Most tradesmen start jobs for themselves, right, by yeah. creating a business. Yeah, but absolutely. They, they just created a job. Yeah, they just yeah. created a job, yeah. and now they're just yeah. burning their tires. 
I can't take a day off. I can't, nothing mm-hmm. gets done if I'm not there. Right. And I just saw a guy now in town recently who is like the flooring guru who could literally expand to be one of the biggest companies around, but he can't because he, he's got to be there himself. He yeah. had some issues with a girl or whatever, and now he's kind of fallen off. And it's like sad because I want to reach out and be like, man, no, let's like, let's, right. how you should be able to have an issue with your girl and fall off and your business to still be making money while right. that happens. Yeah. So how right. can we make that happen? Yeah. yeah. And it is true. They, they create a job and it's actually worse than the job they came from. Yeah. A lot of contractors are like, ah, you know, my boss stinks. Like they're this, that, whatever. I'm going to go out on my own. It'll be so much yeah. better. And they're like, Oh, holy and crap. Like I, I just yeah. doubled yeah. my yeah. hours yeah. that I was and working. My people are calling and me lessen my pay. Yeah. yeah. Right. To yeah. Pay for all my tools and all this right. stuff. It's like, yeah. well, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to speak to that, I think that the, the biggest thing, uh, if I were to point to kind of like one thing that, that really freed me up or started to free me up from, from uh, all the responsibility inside of my business was having a, a scorecard, we call it a scorecard, um, so that the most important numbers in the business and having someone else own them, right? So my head of operations is he owns the revenue number that he brings in. My head of sales owns his number. My head of marketing leads. So, so having a scorecard um, was huge for me uh, because I used to just take the burden of all, be, of making sure I knew all of those things. Yeah. And now I have other people who I I trust. They they are A players inside of my organization. They own a number, so they're accountable to it. And so I think that the scorecard was probably the biggest thing for me uh, as a as an owner. Allowed me to step out of the business and let someone else take responsibility for the their their role inside of the business. So sure. is that their 90.io? Is that what you started mm-hmm. with? Yeah. So that's the software we use 90.io to, to, to document all of that. Yep. So all so that stuff. I guess like the third person on this podcast that said the same exact I'm thing. Using 90.io now. Yeah. Fourth yeah. Person, so. Yep. So, so essentially just that dashboard is, uh, yeah. you know, once a week I go in and I, I review all the numbers with my team. We're on track. We're off track. If we're off track, how do we how do we course correct and and get back on track so we can hit our target for the year? So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's one thing that's tough in, in any business is like you don't want to give people the right to run your company because you don't think they're going to do it like you. But as long as you hold them accountable and give them that opportunity, they usually will shine. I right. mean, I learned I was running my business day to day, and then when I moved away it did better and I was more profitable and less headaches and less callbacks. And it was like, wait a second. You gave people the space <laughs> yeah. to actually succeed. Yeah. 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 That's and tough as an entrepreneur though, yeah. to it give was. up that, to give up that relinquish that control. It took me a while to like really like start delegating. Terrible, yeah. yeah. But once I did, it's like, Holy smokes. It's yeah. a whole new world. It like. is. Yeah. And yeah. I think people don't realize that because you're kind of just knocking your brain. And I used to have problems just, not having it on paper, hiring somebody and being like, I'm trying to get it out of my head and tell you, but I'd rather right. just solve that problem. Right. It's quick, right. quick, 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 <laughs> I just solve it than try to tell, you, tell like, you how. Hey, this is how you solve the problem. Yeah. But you kind of have to do that because now eventually mm-hmm. if that problem comes back, yeah. it, through the first admin, she's wrote this handbook like yeah. you're talking about to the third admin that doesn't have that problem anymore. Yeah. I don't have that problem. Right, anymore. right. Yeah. So that is one big Something thing. I started doing with my guys as I started to give them some responsibility because I always, part of us wants to solve the problem, right? That hero yeah. in yeah. us wants to be the guy that everybody's got to come to and ask. But I started um, asking my my guys when they would come to me and say, hey, what do you think about this? I'd ask them, well, what do you think? Like, what do you think the solution is? Like, give yeah. me, just guess. Like, what are what's one or two things that you, how would you handle this? And then let them figure it out rather than me just always being that. It took a while to get into that that um, uh, discipline of not just giving them the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because so. yeah, sometimes it's easy. It's just 
easier yeah. to fix the problem and right. move on. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Short-term. Yeah, yeah. Well, long term. Yeah, long term, you want long-term, you, yeah. you don't want to have to be there to answer yeah. all the problems. Or else. <laughs> on your phone on Monday morning, yeah. and the phone's already dead. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to uh, you know little, a guy right? Uh, little Instagram <laughs> reel probably a month ago. Was, uh, Lila Hormozzi, I think it's her name, right? Lila, yeah, yeah. Lila, um, and she said that at the end of the day, the owner of the company gets. Uh, three questions from sales, three que- three questions from each department, and then that's the questions that he's going to answer for the next morning. So I've kind of implemented in, that into into my guys. So like if they call me during the day, nine times out of ten I probably won't answer unless they text me, hey, it's nine one one. And then so now the way we operate is if they have any questions, they get three in each department. So sales and operations, they can ask me in the email, and then by the next morning I'll answer them. That's pretty smart. At least they know where they stand. And they and they make them pick out like the tough questions. So like they're not asking the frivolous questions because you only get three. Right. And we're sticking to it. Or are they trying to figure the one out? Yeah. yeah, And a lot of times by the end of the day, they've done solved their problem themselves. So so I've found this to be the case, right? email is like the vein of my existence. I just can't stand email. (laughs) If you ignore most emails, they solve them they solve their problem (laughs) themselves. I promise you. Like like the reality the is, like one. most things will, fi- someone will find a solution if you just ignore it, yeah. right? So I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying you should ignore everything, but no, but sure. it's tough though, because like as a business owner, you really do like you, you, you can only answer every question from yeah. all the clients, all the cut, you know, the, the the employees that you have. There's my phone blows up. I eventually got two phones, and even now the my personal <laughs> phone still blows up as much. And I'm like, and I tell people now, just being honest with them, if you're calling my personal phone, just know it'll take me a, two, a day or two to get back to you. Yeah. If yeah. you want. You know, if you want to be, you know, acknowledged right away, call my office. She'll answer the phone. She'll call you back immediately. I won't. I I just have too much going on. I don't have the chance. I'm in a podcast. I'm doing something. So I I, I think it's best for a company to run that way, too. It's just eventually they get to that point where it's self-sufficient. You know, that's I think that's where everybody wants to be. I think it would be uh, it would be important to mention uh, like we're not the smartest in the world like we didn't figure all this stuff out like Amy and I have consistently and I know you guys do this too consistently invested in being in rooms being in conversations like this where we can learn something from someone else who has gone before us and so like the the reason that we are where we are number one we've we've got you know ten ten plus years in a previous business where we did everything wrong. Um, since then we've, we've, we've kind of, uh, humbled ourselves and started to ask people and get in rooms where we can, you know, find out the answers to things. Yeah. And so, uh, we just continue to invest in ourselves cause like we're, we're our number one asset. Right. And so, yeah. um, we, we, we didn't figure all this stuff out. It's the books we've read, the rooms we've been in, the podcasts we listen to like this one here, where we've picked up something and, and put it into practice inside of our business, which is why, um, we, we feel we feel called to impact the decking industry, which is why we created the legacy decks Academy is because I, I literally don't have a job inside of the business anymore. Customers don't know my name. Um, and so nobody has sub- his personal number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I actually had a, a our, our last <laughs> quarterly meeting with my team. I met two or three people on my team that I'd never met before. I yeah. didn't hire them. I didn't interview them. I wasn't part of the process. So that was pretty cool. But, um, so, so the reason that the Academy exists, number one is to give us something to do. But number two, we really want to impact that industry. Like we want to help other deck builders, other people in the outdoor living profession um, and some contractors, some ancillary people, too, that we work with um, to to create the systems, create the team, figure out how to put it all together so that they don't you know, they're not hustling themselves to death like like we have been in the past. It's an industry that needs it for sure. When when I first got on Instagram a few years ago, I saw like the contractor um, relations in there and I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing to see how everybody was helping each other mm-hmm. through like uh, they really do like uh, modern craftsmen and all those yeah. guys like that. It was so insane to see that. But then like you come to South Carolina, 
And especially in the Myrtle Beach area, and there was none of that. Yeah. There was no, like, guys helping. Camaraderie, yeah, brotherhood. And, and, and yeah. everybody's trying to hide their price or hide their tip, and they don't want to show yeah. how they do that. And it's like, why not? Why? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, we can help each other grow. Right. It's not like you're feeding your competition. You're just helping people. So. Yeah. Oh, no. You raise the whole if, industry. Yeah. yeah. If, if I build up my competition, uh, that helps raise my yeah. clientele. Yep. Your yeah. pricing. Who expects something better than what, you know, the side hustle guys are doing out For there. Sure. Yeah. You know. And so then they can, they understand the difference between what we build versus what they build. Yeah. That's it helps awesome. bring so, value. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great 100%. thing that you guys do that because that's something I've always like idolized to see is like just being able to build this, this industry because it's lacking so, so much. Yeah. And, and, and we've got this generation that's coming past the, the, the craftsmen's and starting to look at the business side of it. Right. And that yeah. matters so much. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it looking at it from a bird's eye view? So I know you do a lot, you're in a lot of rooms. I'm sure you got tons of mentors or or have had tons of mentors through this time. And then now to be able to flip that script and now you're kind of like doing your own legacy Academy uh, and coaching guys. Like what, what's does what kind of sense of accomplishment does that give you? Like, does it, is it like, do you ever step back and like, Holy smokes. Wow. Look at this. Yeah. um, You know, we were just at at an event where we had some of our members there and uh, they were able to share. And I heard them share with other people their, their, um, their, the growth that they've had, the wins that they're having. So for me, the biggest sense of accomplishment is to like look at, like to see where they came from and and actually see practical, actual results, yeah. tangible results inside of their life and not just inside of their business because we, we impact them across the board, like inside of their 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 relationships with their family, their wives, their, their, their body. Like your body is the weapon that does everything in your world. Like if you're yeah. not weaponized inside of your body, like you're not going to create very much success inside of anything in your world. So for me, like seeing people elevate, I, I sat across, uh, this actually just came up. So we were having dinner with one of the members and the wife said to me, she said, you know, I, last time I saw you, I told you that, you know, the version that, that of my husband that was sitting with us was totally different. She's like, I'm going to tell you today, he's even totally different than he was that, that, at that point when I told you that. That's so awesome. like this, the continual growth that, yeah. that they're seeing to have a wife say like, Hey, thank you for what you've done to help my husband, which is helping my business, which is helping our family. Like that's, that's just huge. So huge. I, don't, I don't know if you have anything like that, but yeah, for me, I love, uh, possibility lighting in somebody's eyes like that's the coolest thing you know working with our our members is to see them see something different yeah you know one of our one of our clients has been their company's been around for 52 years you'd think well what what they must know everything and they don't you know and they love learning new things and they light up with like oh my gosh why didn't we think of that? That makes so much more sense than this difficult way we're doing things. Um, And so I just love seeing the possibility in the eyes and that creates confidence in them. um, And that emulates in their business, the clients that they're accepting, the jobs that they're doing when they're going out for bids, they're just more successful in that because they're more confident in who they are and who they are as a business and what they're doing and why they're doing it. That's so. Yeah. And that's all kind of like, you can't really put your finger on it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit fluffy, if you will. Like let's talk practical results. Like we had one member, they charged a 25% markup on their jobs. That's just what they charge. I said, why do you charge that? Well, that's what we've always charged. Well, why do you charge that? Like they don't know how to calculate their, their overhead to, <laughs> and their profit to yeah. figure out what they actually should be charging for a markup number. So we helped them negotiate a contract. This was not us. We just sat down and did the numbers like, hey, you should be charging 44% in order to take home 10% profit to pay yourself what you need to pay you. Da, 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 hold on. 
they would have sold this contract for $700,000 less than what they should have. This is a big contract. This is like $2.4 million contract. Mm-hmm. And they would have charged just enough to cover like their own. They would have literally just been churning money and, and covering overhead, mm-hmm. not making any profit, not paying, actually possibly even costing themselves with that Probably big costly. of a gap. Yeah. So, so we actually get down into the nitty gritty of like figuring all those things out with these people. Cause most, most contractors just don't, don't know. know. Like they'll go around asking like, Hey, what do you charge for markup? What do you charge for? It's totally irrelevant. Yeah. What's your overhead? Yeah, what's yeah. your profit desire? What's your what are you paying yourself? Yeah. Then we'll calculate your I've your market. So sure. like, oh, I just do cost plus fifteen percent. I'm like, well, what's your yeah. numbers? And then I have one yeah. main huge builder who's killing it, and he's like, dude, I'm at like sixty percent. If yeah. you're not making sixty, yeah. he's like, there's no reason to do it. And then right. this guy's like, oh, I do cost plus fifteen. Right. Yeah. You're totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. 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 you might want to make some changes. Yeah. Know? So, but so yeah, so that gives this huge sense of accomplishment just for people to have uh, just wins inside of their personal life, inside of their bank accounts, like the whole nine yards. So. And now to like see like actual results, it's probably awesome. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah. So. So uh, what's 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 next for you guys? Like five, ten year plan? Like I know you got one location that you're you said you're going to launch Q one. Like mm-hmm. where do you see this thing in five years? Yeah. So in five years, I'll be 50 yep. and my team knows like I'm going to, I'm going to run hard for the next five years and then just kind of look back and see where we're at. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my goal would be for it to live on beyond us. Right. Legacy. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, well, possibly. Yeah. I mean, it may be, but, yeah. uh, but maybe not, I, yeah. I don't really know. Like my team at this point has got my t- our team is really driving our growth more than we are right now. Mm-hmm. It's the goals that they want to achieve require the business to get bigger. And yeah. so I don't know how big it's going to yeah. get. Right. We can look on paper, like we, we set a target to be a $20 million company, which, mm-hmm. you know, whether you think that's big or not, whatever. Um, but but essentially, uh, like personally, we'd like to have a, a house, a nice beach house somewhere down south, Florida area. Yeah. Still have what we've got going on down here from a personal side of things in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but ultimately just have be able to like like. We're not, we don't we don't see ourselves retiring, right? Because mm-hmm. like we do we do what we do because we enjoy doing it. Business is kind of our hobby. People say, "What are your hobbies?" Well, my family's my hobby. My business is my Work. hobby. I do what I like yeah. to do, yeah. right? And yeah. I'm okay with that. And so uh, I'd still love to be a part part of it, but not as active inside of it as I am right now. Like on, on the coaching cult, consulting side of things, I don't want to be the guy that's got to run that whole thing or, yeah. or have all the answers, right? So I want to grow up with other people. There's people on my team that want to become a part of the academy and actually teach because they're growing underneath us right now what we're teaching. And so I could see the academy getting to a place where it's, you know, it's servicing a hundred plus deck builders in the area yeah. uh, or, or in the, in the market easily, if you will. Yeah. Um, and the beach house and I, I don't know what other stuff we got. Just, like more just, like company. Being, just being, being free. Yeah, and we're just open. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I don't want to be constrained by location or money or time. Like I want to be able to do life, do business yeah. wherever, whenever. And, and just that's life. So. I love it. Give, give generously, like a big thing. We like we are missional inside of what we do. Like our business, we didn't we didn't round kind of turn, finish the story there. But like this is our mission, right? We do what we do right now because we we are able to support and give generously. Like I get more excited about the fact that I've got I've got a specific account inside of our business accounts where a certain percentage goes over there every dollar that comes in, and I can just give to whoever and whatever I want. Yeah, that's awesome. whatever that's it awesome. can be. Uh, you know, a vehicle, it could be, uh, you know, uh, supporting missionaries. Like that's, that's just what we do. So Absolutely. my goal is just to be able to continue to, uh, to do that. Cause I'm not independently wealthy. So I think that's important to like set aside a part of your revenue to give back because yeah. it, one, it creates uh impact within your team. So now they have a purpose bigger than just a paycheck. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also it kind of makes you hustle a little harder. Like if yeah. you're dedicating a certain amount of revenue, like, you know, you have to make that up somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
So I think, I think that's huge in business. And when I joined the program, which, you know, Nick Alfano, like one of his key things was like, Hey, you're going to give, if you're going to sit at this top tier, you're going to give to an organization. I don't care what it is, but there's a percentage of revenue going there. Uh, And that's when we started doing that. And it's just been huge. Yeah. So we do every week, we do our profit transfers is what we call them. It's a book called profit first that teaches it. Um, and we take it off the money before we spend the money. So it's when we do our percentage for charity, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with profit, anything like that. It's uh, off the top line number. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if we sell a hundred thousand dollar job, 2000 goes right into our charity account. Absolutely. Uh, you know, 2000 goes into savings, you know, thousand into a tax account, things like that, that comes off the top and the business has to run off of what we've said it has to run off of. So then, you know, we're, we're fiscally responsible to that. We're to that money. It's not ours. You know, my kids always, they have such a distorted view of money, right? Because they, it just grows on trees. Yeah, It does. And they'll see like in the earlier days, you know, checks coming through deposits, you got a check for $20,000. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, no, mommy, yeah, mommy did not get a check for $20,000. You know, let's, let's clarify this, but like, we're responsible to that, to our people, to the company and where the business is going. And so making sure that we're taking that off that top line and then giving the business what it needs to run and then sticking inside of that that's a good thing for entrepreneurs and you kind of taught that uh in the fuel yeah that fuel thing what's what was the name of the book again so uh specifically the concept is profit first by mike michalowicz but uh there's profit first for contractors i've since learned there's profit first for real estate investors Mm -hmm. profit first for landscape contractors like there's a there's a lot of them out there but essentially it's just a cash management system yeah where you force you force yourself to live off of what's left, right? So instead of most, most people, they, they make money, they spend money and then whatever's left, they hope is profit, right? Well, in this case, you're going to make the money, set the profit (laughs) aside, and then the business has to run off of what is left. And so it's just, it's a forced way of you'll, you'll learn real quick whether or not you're charging the right price or not. If your expense accounts gets too low. Taxes and stuff too. Taxes, like to be able to stroke a check at the, at the, you know, at the end of the year or the quarter and not sweat it. Yeah. And the account is yours. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest is yours. Exactly. I think that's something that most entrepreneurs in the, in the starting stages need to learn. That's why I always tell friends that are going to open a business. I'm like, well, if there's anything I can tell you, get yourself on payroll and get off the self-employment tax because yeah. I learned that the hard yeah. way. Sure. At That's the end of the bill. first year, they were like, you owe us 25 grand. I was like, yeah. where is that? Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> right? I have like two in the bank. And they're like, doesn't matter. You owe us 25 grand. Yeah. Thanks to that. Right. So I was yeah. like, well, and then I started reading Profit First through Sean Van Dyke and started picking that up. And, and it just made it so much easier. And yeah. then at the end of the year, I'm cutting myself a check. And I'm not even worried about taxes. And then I get my tax yeah. bill back and it's like a, a quarter of what I actually have in my account. Aside, so yeah. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. And that's yeah. the scariest thing. If you got to worry about tax issues, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> it probably allows you to maneuver different too and allows you to, to you know, make quick decisions on whether you're ready to scale or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hiring and yeah. all that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it the financial health of the company. Gives you yeah. the cushion too if something goes wrong. You yeah. know, a truck breaks down, anything like that. Like you have the fun there for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, one of the things, especially like when we went into COVID, you know, and our team kind of was like... Like, are we going to be okay? What's going to happen? All of that, that we were able to be like, hey, like, no, this is what we have in our savings. We know we have six months worth, you know, of of money to pay you guys for the essentials. We have six months of essentials in savings. We're good for six months. Like you guys just continue doing what you're doing and we'll just see how this plays out. But we know we have that cushion. And they were all like, oh. Okay. You know, and for us, that was a great place to be. It wasn't, we weren't freaking out like, oh my goodness, if we don't sell something, you know, in the next four weeks, we're we're doomed, Yeah, you know, and that's just by little by little every week, 
putting that little bit of money in there and you don't think it's a lot. And sometimes when we work with clients, our, our members on it and get them started on it, you know, they're doing like 1%, 1%, 1% as they're getting used to doing this system and figuring out what their actual profit margins need to be and markup and all that great stuff. But that little 1% week over week, it builds up. And then yeah. all of a sudden at the end of the, you know, it's still there. six months and it's it. still there, sure. you know, and you're like, I got like 10 grand in the bank. Holy cow. I've never had 10 grand. Yeah. I mean, that's one of, you know, so, so being able to have that focus and that diligence to it, even if it's that 1% over time is huge. Yep. Simple, boring stuff, just yeah. doing it consistently. Like that's, that's the biggest thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely matters a lot. I mean, and like you said, it makes it makes life and business less stressful, but that just translates into your personal life and your family life as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what all entrepreneurs really struggle with is not being home enough, not seeing their family enough, not giving them time that they because they're on the phone or on the computer and all those things. And we right. all deal with that. And I think yeah. that's something that we all that's why we kind of started this podcast is to try and touch on those. How can we fix it? How can we better each other? How can we better the, the process so that we're not doing that? Right. So we're home when we're home. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'll, I'll challenge your listeners, like, like, cause I, I challenge people when I talk to them about this is like, are you actually taking advantage of the lifestyle that you got into business for in the first place? Yeah. Right. Cause we all got into business because we wanted to have that lifestyle, the time freedom, the money freedom, right? Like, are you actually enjoying the lifestyle that you got into business for in the first place? Most of it, I found myself for a majority of my entrepreneurial career, I wasn't taking advantage of it. I wasn't sure. taking the kids to school. I wasn't scheduling the family vacations. I wasn't, you know, didn't have the money I wanted in my bank account. Like those are the reasons yeah. we got into business. Like if you're not taking advantage of those, those, those things that we got into business for, like, what's the point? Seven Most years in, I'm taking a nap off. when I'm ready. I'll tell yeah. you that. Right, right. I'm take right. a nap when you're ready. Or go to lunch. Like call your <laughs> wife and be like, hey, let's go to lunch today. Yeah. yeah. Because you can. That's yeah, one thing absolutely. I really like, really appreciated about like trying to do th different things and, and getting more focused and organized was like having a child and being yeah. able to, you know, be there. Right? Yeah. And like, yeah, it might not matter to him. And like, he's not old enough to remember certain things, but like. Yeah, I'm sure it held matters to my girlfriend and, right. and it yeah. definitely matters well, to me. Well, and it's habits you're creating now. Yeah. For sure. So if you yeah. create that In habit, it's just years, a matter of, you know, you just do it. Yeah. It's kind of like the money thing, right? The, the the business has to survive off of the money that's left in your expense account. You almost have to block your important time slots first and the business gets to operate in the time that's left. Absolutely. Yeah, right? It's the same kind of concept. Yeah. So Yeah, scheduling is a big thing. If yeah. you're, if, you know, that time blocking stuff, if you, yeah. if you really aren't doing that, you, you should look into it because yeah. you're, just throwing yourself away or you're getting yep. looped into doing something that you don't want to or taking yep. too long. And exactly. Exactly. Well then your life turns chaotic and then yeah. once one thing turns chaotic, most things turn chaotic. Your team feels chaos. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. 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 So thanks for tuning in, like subscribe or follow us on CEO hot seat. We appreciate you guys coming out today. It was a pleasure meeting both of y'all. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, so much. Yeah, we appreciate thanks for it. having us. Awesome. Thank you guys.